Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel and Adam for another episode of the Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about Night of the Demons. This is a 1988 film. Uh, it stars Linnea Quigley and a bunch of other people who I don't think any of us remember at this point. But it's a, uh, it's, it's basically like a, I don't know. I would, I would describe it as uh, a somewhat comedic, cheesy '80s horror movie. Uh, that is, I don't know. It feels a little bit like it's got elements of Evil Dead. It's got elements of even Fright Night to it. It's got like a lot of these other sort of types of films in there. Um, it's got a little bit of The Exorcist, and I think some of the makeup, the way some of that is done. Uh, and it's about a bunch of kids that go to a Halloween party at a um, at like a mortuary that's no longer in use because there was some kind of murder there, and there's all these stories about spirits that inhabit the place. And the weird girl from history class decides to host a party there. The kids go, and because it's Halloween, the demons are able to freely uh, roam the earth that night when they perform a seance, and they start killing the kids. And that's pretty much the movie. I don't think... Is, is there... Am I leaving any details out, or is that... Is that it? That's the gist of it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I would like to point out that just because they happen to go to a demon haunted house doesn't mean the the setting and world of this movie isn't otherwise a crap sack. And it establishes that very well with the encapsulating <laughs> scenes. Uh, so. Yeah, it's framed around an old man who hates kids who is putting razor blades into apples. And it ends with the fate of the old man. And his wife making pie for him. And we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But uh, so the, fra- the framing of the movie is pretty interesting. Um, and it's also kind of a raunchy sort of uh, horror film. It's it's kind of, I, I almost think of it like um, Fright Night, but the R-rated version. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's like Porky's and Fright Night had a baby. Yeah, yeah, that's a good description. That's a good description. There's a lot of like totally unnecessary nudity unnecessary sexual references but they're still somehow <laughs> essential to the movie itself do you know what i mean it's it's like wait i've it, got another one animal house of a thousand corpses okay that's <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna keep rolling with these yeah. Like one. yeah yeah so so yeah what, what did you guys think of this movie i, I think adam you've seen it before right is this no is it, oh you haven't okay so i the amazing thing to me, like I'm someone that graduated from high school in 1990, probably high school was the time in my life when I watched the most horror movies. And it amazes me. This came out in 1988 and I have never seen it. I don't even remember the title till you suggested we do it. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's this weird hole in my knowledge, but I, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this. It's like it's not like an amazingly good movie, but it is perfect at what it does. I think yeah. it it hits. I mean, it's just it's it's a ridiculous '80s Halloween movie that I I, I find the acting in it is not good, but it is cliche in a way that is perfect it like hits exactly the tone it is trying for like every ridiculous kind of performance in it is exactly you know key it just works exactly for this kind of movie so yeah it's like i I would go so far as to say that there isn't i don't think there is any good acting in the movie at all like there is not any good acting in the movie no but it is all tonally perfect yeah. for what this movie if i think if this movie had brilliant grounded realistic performances it would actually be a worse movie yeah i agree mm-hmm. i agree it would it would take out a fun element from the film for sure mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the credits, I mean, the credits just set the tone for it, too. When I, like I said, knowing nothing about this movie, I put on the credits, start rolling, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is going to be like one of those fun kind of horror movies you watch with your friends, and you can pay attention or not pay attention, yeah. and people are kind of getting into it, and I, and it was. It was exactly, exactly the kind of movie, that kind of movie. So I, I think... I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it is great at doing exactly what it sets out to do. Joel, what was your feeling on the movie? Yeah, I think that's a good way of characterizing it. Like, it didn't have lofty goals, right? But the goals it did have, it completely just sunk the putt, you know? Uh, it's, It's really anarchic and fun, and there's, like, it is a really cool balance of, um being like parodic and self-aware with being like just sincere enough that it blurs mm-hmm. a line. You're not sure where one becomes the other. Uh, and in that way, it kind of reminded me of creep show totally where creep show yeah, like, yeah. is genuinely scary in some parts, but like the general vibe of creep show is kind of like that you're in on the kind of joke of creep show, you know? And it's the same way with this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. This, this movie knows what it is and it knows that you know what it is. But it's cool with that, and there's a kind of a charm to wearing that on its sleeve. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll add, add on to what you're saying there. You know, as far as the performances went, I mentioned that you know that they're they're not good performances, but they're perfect. The other thing is this movie. A lot of times when people make a movie, that's that. Sometimes people try to make a movie that's like, oh, we're going to make a movie that's so bad it's good and do it deliberately. And people are giving these bad acting performances that are just kind of detached and ironic. Like they don't, you know, and it just it kind of ruins the movie because you're like, well, if the people making this movie think it's stupid, why should I care? Yeah. And this this is somehow doesn't it doesn't go that far with it. It's like these are. I don't know. I, I feel. I, I feel think like they're trying to make a good movie. I think they are trying yes. to make a good movie. Um, yes. It's just that they don't. Well, they're have... trying to make. Okay, so they're trying to make the best trashy movie that they can, mm-hmm. and they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a trashy movie. Mm-hmm. This is like a sleazy comedic horror movie, um, yep. and I would kind of agree with the general assessment. It's not. This is not like. This doesn't rise to the level of Return of the Living Dead. It doesn't rise to the level of I don't know what are some of the top movies we've talked about here that we all thought were great. You know, I mean, like, Alien was really yeah, popular like, too. Yeah, yeah, like, everyone loved Alien. Yeah, like it's not like at the level of Alien. It's not at the level of Night of the oh, Living Bram's, Dead or, or Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I think we yeah. pretty much universally loved. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's not it's not at that level. And, I, and the reason I mentioned Return of the Living Dead is that's doing something very similar, but somehow hits a much higher note right but oh man but but this was a fun movie it's a fun movie and it's yeah if you want to watch a movie with your friends and you just want to have a light evening this is like the ideal ideal horror movie to pick it's not gonna it's not gonna traumatize anyone it's it's just gonna be well it might traumatize some people but you'd have to be pretty pretty lame to get traumatized with this movie nobody nobody that's listening to a horror podcast is going to be traumatized (laughs) by this movie i I don't yeah i don't think you can be i mean if you're watching night of the demons you're probably not like a a, gonna be that squeamish Um, yeah but yeah here's the thing if in the opening scene you find anything that you is offensive or upsetting to you you will know whether or not this movie is for you you know (laughs) Because, like, what, what is the, the fat pig guy's name? He, he moons oh, an oh, old Stooge. man. Stooge. Yeah, yeah, Stooge moons an old man. And the guy is, like, swearing at people because he's so angry that he resolves to put razor blades and apples. Yeah. And, like, 
when he it, calls Judy a whore, he's, you know, he yeah, calls her like, a whore it, for trying to help him. Right. So like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's everything is what people, the one thing that you, you hear about this movie a lot is it is like the most eighties horror movie. And I think that's a pretty good description of it. It's got like a, the mm-hmm. way, the way that everything is so over the top that characters just fly off the handle or go off the deep end in extreme ways from like how stooge behaves to people where he's like scree like he's talking one minute and screaming in rage at the at the next minute though you know the way that uh, the way that linnea quigley's character acts throughout the whole movie the way that you know the way that the old man behaves towards the kids the way that um the way that sal is acting the whole time it's just all very sort of like hyper realistic levels of behavior you know um like to me that's like that's like there was i I can't remember what movie it was but there's like one other 80s horror movie that is like my contender for top you know it's it's like there's a scene in the movie where there's literally a guy there's like the drug addict character in the movie and he starts break dancing and he starts doing a backspin and all different kinds of drugs and pills start falling out of his pockets you know that you know so, so that movie maybe edges this one out for like the most 80s movie but but still this is pretty this is pretty there and for and for all i know no that that definitely wasn't uh part of this series i can't remember what it was though um, if anybody's listening and they remember that scene and know what movie it is, tell us because that movie, that scene has always stuck out in my head. Um, so yeah. So what, what were, uh, what were some of the things that you guys thought worked really well about the movie? It takes a lot of time to establish its characters and then kind of reestablish them once things get going. Cause I know it's like, we didn't even really get a proper scare until like, like right at the 30 minute mark, Yeah. but bang on a 30 minute mark. That's when the scares start. And then there's still like a 15 minute like sort of pause between that and the really serious we're on the roller coaster to hell stuff that happens. And Mm -hmm. in all of that time, there's no fat on the movie at all when it comes to the characters. We always have a character or more than one character center frame interacting and being characterized really well. So I think that worked wonderfully because as the movie goes completely off the rails in the last half of the movie, like you, you care enough about the characters that you don't really want them to get just like slasher movie down. Like you you squirm when the guy gets his eyes gouged out or like the the kid gets his arm torn off in the coffin. Like there's so many wonderful, like that was the one that bugged me the most, the coffin scene. Cause they keep slamming it. Yeah. 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 And also the the other reason why that scene bothers me is because it's like the, the two characters are basically having sex in the coffin and he kills the stooge comes down. He's possessed by a demon. He kills the girl and the, the guy is like stooge don't he's talking to, and it's pretty clear that, that he has no idea that Stooge is a demon. He thinks Stooge is just like killing him for some reason. Yeah. He's just flying off. The... So that's like a little bit more tragic to me that he thinks that his friend or his his fellow student at least is is murdering him <laughs> and his girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he is. We are talking about the guy who sees Stooge broken down at the side of the road and like just mocks him. So yeah, I don't know if they're exactly friends. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh... Yeah, I, I I agree. Of course, and of course that that is you know as far as this movie being uh, hitting the the beats of horror movies of the '80s, it also is the people are are having sex, so they instantly have to die. Is something that, that recurs throughout this movie. Well, and that seems to be the thing in this movie. Like the like that's the focus. Like that's kind of like it's kind of a cliche now when they talk about 
these sort of movies, but this movie yeah. really kind of makes that the one rule that governs and governs it. I think. Yeah, because is... it wasn't as big a cliche as people say about the yeah. '80s. You know, when you had the whole scream thing of people, oh, every horror yeah. movie does this, and it's like, well, it, it wasn't so true, it's... but this one actually does. Yeah, does adhere to those rules, which weren't quite written down at, yet. At some point, I'd actually like to maybe one day do an episode about how how true are the horror movie rules because i yeah. feel like a lot of like going back and watching some of these films again i'm struck by just how they don't abide by so many of the horror yes. rules that we're always assuming are in place um which i think yeah, again well, is attributed I mean, to of course, there's also the rule that the the black guy dies first and it's like that oh, yeah. does not happen in this movie well it's it doesn't happen in this movie man. and it doesn't happen in a lot of the movies we've watched yes. too you know so did that what was that uh, event, uh, event Horizon did that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. One of the only guys yeah. that survived. Actually, it was the same pairing in Event Horizon that survived this movie. That's weird. Huh. Yeah, yeah, so, so it I, really I, is a haunted house movie in space. That's yeah, crazy. I think. I mean, I, and again, there. Are, I'm sure there are there are plenty. I'm sure there's like a bunch of Friday the Thirteenth and stuff where that rule is in place. But like, I just feel like there are these rules are not as consistently no. applied as people seem to think even we, like we the final girl stream. isn't as consistent as people say you know like yeah there was a final girl in this movie and no there, there was early on. but that became yeah. but i think what happened with that was that became so like people were actually conscious of that they started to the repeat. final girl yeah. was something yeah. people were conscious of yeah. in the 80s that was an actual thing but yeah like that that was the one rule that i would say was the uh, firmest rule for these kind of movies but uh but but I did like I did like that part of the film. How like you know obviously all the characters that were carnal in some way were the ones getting killed, and that seemed to be like because Judy and Roger are the two that survive, and there mm-hmm. there might have been another character that was a little bit more innocent that that died. But I feel like most of the characters, if they weren't directly engaged with that stuff, they were still doing something. Like um, Angela was shoplifting at the start of the movie. Do you know what I mean? And and she also. Uh, well, I guess she was already possessed by the time she starts doing anything sexual. So, that's... yeah, yeah. I mean, hmm. But uh, but yeah. I also add too the there there is some nice craft in this movie too. It is actually really well yeah. made from a directing. Like the scene where the the shattered fragments of the mirror are on the ground, and oh, you're yeah, seeing they... all the characters in the mirror. I was just like, wow, that's a cool this, scene. That's this, a cool that, scene. That's yeah, this is really nice artistic direction here in this movie. This is not schlocky direction at all. Well, and they beat out the flock of seagulls because you can't see the camera in the reflection. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm calling you out, flock of seagulls. I saw the camera. You can't run that far away from the camera in the front. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, I think that, um, yeah, I think, I mean, it definitely has, there are also places I think where it, it it's a little more wobbly than some other movies. Like it definitely is not. Oh, yeah. uh, it's um, not airtight or anything. Yeah, but, but I, that scene was, was some, great. There was that, some skill that went into it. Yeah, that scene know. was great. I thought the opening, despite being maybe a way too long, was pretty well done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and of course that was the era when I mean opening credits were still pretty long back in those days yeah. anyway so. they were but don't you think i felt like I it felt did like, go too long yeah. i actually did check the time I, I, yeah. I hit the display button i was like three minutes and 30 seconds okay yeah. i was like so I, I was just like is it is it me or has this been happening a long yeah. time so i was enjoying <laughs> the credits at first i was like oh wow this this, this looks like it's going to be a fun mm. movie and i'm like okay 
Okay, ready for the movie. <laughs> but, yeah, but, a fun movie once we freaking get there. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So what about the um the apples guy? Why don't we talk about him? Because he's sort of, <laughs> he's the thing that everybody remembers about the movie. I think. Um, you know what? What did you think of the character number one? What did you think of his fate? And what did you think of them using <laughs> that as the framing device for the movie? Like the the book. It's sort of the bookend. Of I, I really liked it. I, I I really liked it because, like I said, it efficiently launches you into the tone of the movie in mm-hmm. the first scene. So that's really impressive. And it also establishes that this is not a universe in which the good guys triumph. It's not a universe in which bad things happen to bad people. This play, The universe just kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a crap sack world. And then it goes out on that note, too. And it goes out on that note in an interesting way because they just they, they go to the Hell House and they very explicitly cross a certain part of land, the, the underground lake, I think is what they call it. The river, and on the other yeah. side of that lake, yeah, the, the underground river, the other side of that river is hell, like, basically. They're, mm-hmm. they're in a supernatural world. But when they come out of it, they're very much just in the mundane world again. And it's still a world in which a guy can inadvertently swallow a... Uh, a razor blade that, he, that his wife apparently uh, deliberately baked into an apple pie to murder him. And yeah. his veins can bulge in his neck and his throat can explode. The vein bulging was the most effective part of that scene, I thought, where you see his oh, veins man, That was swell. Scanner's level vein yeah. bulging. Yeah. That was... I... Uh, you got you got to respect his swallowing skills. Like swallow, like bite into a pie with razor blades in it and swallow it without actually, you know, biting down on the blade. It's like oh, that guy, that guy really knows how to pie quickly. Yeah. <laughs> between yeah, between his pie swallowing skills and that guy's gum chewing skills in the convenience store. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some expert chewing in this movie. Um, so this movie has quite an oral fixation. So. <laughs> Or lack of chewing, I guess, really. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, the, uh, well, yeah, I, 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 as far as the opening scene goes, I mean, it is weird that it's, it is fairly disconnected plot wise from everything, like, especially at the end. I mean, at the beginning, you've at least got some of the main characters interacting with the old man. It's kind of going on. The, the end scene does feel a little disconnected, yeah. but it's fun enough that I don't really care. It's and worth he- having. And he does see them walk by, and it's like, "Oh, you've been out all night." So they still oh, get yeah, that connection. Oh yeah, that's true. There is, but yeah, but it's basically a mini movie. You could cut out all of the film except for his scenes, and you'd have a little <laughs> short film, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. So that's, I, I love that aspect of it though, because it it makes it feel almost like an anthology or like part of a broader collection of stories, because like. Yeah. It's a it's a continuous wraparound story. It is its own little film. Yeah. And it tells you, I feel like it tells you about the world that isn't just a haunted hellscape. Like, it, it kind of tells you as an audience member, like, hey, look, the world they're in is pretty awful. And, and you can die in a heavy metal album cover kind of way pretty much whenever. I like yeah. that. What I also yeah. like, I, I like the idea of this old man who is like really like self-righteous about how terrible all these children are. Like he's, you know, he's calling them terrible names. He, you know, he, he seems to think that he's in the right. And then he's going to be putting razor blades in the apples and handing them out for Halloween. And, he's and clearly the worst. Yeah. Person. Yeah. He's the worst person in the town probably. And, and, and he's uh, self, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. The mix of self-righteousness with it. He's judging everyone for their terribleness. So he's going to kill them all with it. Well, not kill them all, but just, uh, 
I don't know. It's, the other it's part exact, this imprecise vengeance, yeah. So the other thing is, it, it also does come up during the movie when Sal talks about bobbing for apples with razor blades in them as a uh-huh. as an alternative to using the seance or the Ouija or whatever it was that they were going to do. And so, yeah. so what that got me wondering is, well, okay, so his number one, how is this guy getting away with doing this every year in this town? Like, like imagine a <laughs> town where kids eat apples and die because they have razor blades in them and they don't catch like how is this because it sounds like this is this guy's regular thing that he does every year right so yeah. it's it's well i don't know i wasn't sure actually i, well, I mean, his, what, what does he say i'm trying his to wife, remember his wife says i never understood why you get so many apples every oh every, yeah you're so, right you're right okay so yeah so he must be doing it every single halloween and and, yeah. and and he's doing it so much that Sal knows about stories of kids eating apples with razor blades in them. Is my thinking, you know. So uh, yet he hasn't been caught, and but there is some continuity because the wife mentions, "Oh, we didn't have as many trick or treaters this year." So obviously, maybe maybe word is traveled among the children that don't go to this guy's house because he he puts I love razor blades. Movie that's clearly <laughs> yeah. contained in this movie. Yeah, there's like a, there's just a tremendous amount of like consistency in a weird way in the in that part of the movie um and i like first oh go ahead go ahead i was gonna yeah and as far as far as the crap sack world element goes too i mean just just the relationships between all these kids too i mean how many of these kids actually like each other none (laughs) of them well it's like it's it's just there's almost all of them have some kind of i mean like even the guy the guy and the girl that are the couple that, that go there that are kind of our, our main characters like he's just with her because he knows that was he's, he believes that sal slept with her and he yeah. thinks he can get her in bed and so that's not even a real relationship she doesn't like sal that much which also he kind of seems to grow on her during yeah. you know because he's fairly heroic during the uh, second half of the movie but just about every character it's like I mean, if there's anything that's the heart, the, the most incredible thing in this movie is why they were all at the party because they all, they all have such, such a, a well, limited amount of respect for each other. Yeah, I, I, some of it I think too is like kids are generally kind of mean to even their friends sometimes. Yeah. Like the scene where he's like, "Do you need yeah. a hand?" and he claps. Like right. that's what I could see friends kind of doing to each other back in high school. But you're mm-hmm. right; it's like a real like. The only two that seem to be friends are Susan and um, and Angela, the, the yeah. you know the, the two girls that are hosting the party, and then I guess what is it like Max and Franny? There's they seem to be a couple, but Max there's a Max and Franny, yeah, yeah. And, but other than that, there's like, there is like a lot of tension and and a now, lot. Going of, back to the coffee scene, that's why when Max and Franny kind of get killed, one of the only things I see is like, oh, these seem like the two nicest people in the yeah. movie for the most part. And, and even mean, and that, even Max isn't that nice of a guy to a lot of no, people. Like, no, he's, I he's the guy that claps, gives yeah. him, gives the hand. But th- that is like the only jerky thing I think he does yeah. in the movie, whereas most characters you can find a few things. Well, I think, I would say the biggest jerk is Stooge, without question. That, oh, that, yeah. that would be my, my that, that's who I would uh, I, uh, see well, I don't know okay who would you he's, say he's, okay so I, I want to defend the honor of Stooge because yes Stooge <laughs> is a jerk I can't defend that point but he is genuinely and openly honestly a jerk like there's mm-hmm. no question about his jerkitude he's he's out and out a huge mm. raving slob okay right, so okay fine fair but the, the guy who's dating our, our, our last girl that guy's a slime ball 
Yeah, because that's he's going yes. on the reputation. He, he presents himself like he's this button-down dude, but he's just after he's, he's he's a wolf, you know. He's after one thing, and he drags this girl who's clearly uncomfortable to this this terrifying place just because he has this third-hand rumor that she puts out. Like that okay. guy's a big assassin. Okay, that's a that's a good that's argument. Like that's a good argument. But but I would say Stooge is still the most vocal. Uh, jerk in yes. the movie. Um, that's inarguable. Yeah. I concur. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that is a good point. Um, the the thing that I find funny about Stu is to me he's sort of like a weird character because he's kind of a combo of a frat guy and a punk. Do you know what I mean? Which doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense when I sit down and think about it. Like I'm sure those people existed, but just the uh, he's got kind of a John Belushi vibe to him, but like without any redeeming charisma at all. Yeah, but he's also got like the weird thing on his side of his head and like the yeah, circle. Yeah, what was a. with that? Well, he's supposed to be a punk rocker, I think, right? Because he's got the anarchy symbol on the back of his uh, of his jacket. I assumed. I don't know. Maybe that's not. Maybe maybe he's just like a football player that's into anarchy. I don't know. Um, I love anarchy. <laughs> I love anarchy tackling people and, and and drinking beer. But I I don't know. I I don't know what is. But I just felt like he was kind of. I I was kind of having trouble figuring out what he what he was exactly because he seemed to be occupying a lot of space you know but <laughs> no 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 yeah. Yeah, no no but intended <laughs> but yeah i i well i mean the thing is i mean in in reality he actually was fairly realistic in that standpoint like okay. you know it's like teenage like you know i mean knowing kids that were punks and as a kid it's like they aren't all cliche they are yeah. just kind of this mix of things it's like i i he seemed actually fairly believable in that sense to me for that reason okay that's a fair but, point like i knew kids that were football players that were like you know in you know were metal heads or were also into punk or whatever so i guess that's that's true it just he felt so frat boy to me i think is the reason why it was a little yeah um, yeah but, I mean, he's uh, destined to be that guy in the frat but i think that that's kind of a niche he serves both in his circle of friends and in the context of the movie is he's almost just like he's almost like a social lubricant because he has no tact whatsoever. He'll just come in and whatever is yeah. on his mind, he'll say and he'll just start yeah. doing things and everyone kind of follows in his wake, like in mm-hmm. every scenario. In yeah. the movie. And I think that's supposed to be what he does for them and why they keep him around, because like, yeah, he smells and he's like a huge idiot, but also like you're never going to be the biggest idiot in the room when he's around. Well, and also he he is the boldest, so that like you know he he's the one that'll just say what he wants. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So that I guy's think that, an icebreaker. Yeah, <laughs> he will um, break every ice. So, but uh, what did you guys think of the kills in the movie? The kills and like the humor behind them, because I feel like this this is a movie where like you don't just die. There's like a one liner attached to your death or something, you know. <laughs> so, you know, there's there, there's. Uh, I I forget what she says when Sal gets impaled, but I could have sworn it was like a stick around type pun. Um, That's great. I didn't notice that. I, I might not have been that exactly, but I feel like there was something like that. Yeah, the stick around. Well, there was the. Uh, yeah, I think it was Sal decided to stick around. Yeah. Was, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. That yeah, was, uh, and and then there was like you know, don't look at me, and then she gouges out his eyes, and you know. Yeah. And, uh, I. Well, I actually found myself squirming at them a lot because this is one of those movies that, like, prides itself on its gore effects. And, like, they aren't 
groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination, but they know how much light to put on them, and they know how much, like, juice to have squirting <laughs> through the prosthetics to kind of cover up the crappiness of the prosthetics. So, like, it's... And it's it's delivered in a way that, like, it really kind of hits you in the guts when you're looking at it. So, like, the guy, uh, the guy gets his tongue bitten off, there's eyes gouged out, this is, uh, the hands Arm, get cut on fire. Yeah. Arm yeah, get the arm that gets torn off, and then later on grabs somebody again, like it's an evil dead. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful squick to the kills in this that makes it that makes them really effective. I, I like mm-hmm. the kills, and also the fact that like pretty much everybody dies except for those two characters. Like when when yeah. when you're watching it, you're almost expecting that it's at the end when the day comes, they're all going to be back to normal and they'll all be normal kids again. And it'll maybe have just maybe have been a dream or something, you know, like it see, it seemed like that kind of movie when you, you know, and then yeah, I wasn't sure if that was going to happen, but no, no, we get, uh, we get our two survivors like staggering home. Like they just came off the front lines of world war (laughs) one. Yeah. Thousand yard stairs. You've also kind of got the character arc with Sal where it's like he set off as a complete jerk at the beginning and then like, oh, you think maybe he's kind of getting a redemption arc as the movie goes on. And, you know, maybe he's going to be the hero of the movie and then boom, nope, (laughs) dead. (laughs) He goes out like a champ, though. Oh, he so. does go out like a champ. My point is, though, well, that he just he doesn't make it to the end. You know, you could. It's like, see, a part of me was wondering, okay, is he going to end up with Judy at the end of the movie? Or no, him, but him, nope. and him and Roger were like the two characters that were like, I think, still kind of morally principled enough to survive the film if they got lucky enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah. Roger's like, I don't want anything to do with this seance stuff. And yeah. and Sal, when she starts acting all weird, he's like, "You're a weirdo." I'm just gonna go, you know, like like he's got yeah. like his boundaries that they're starting to cross, and he wants to get out of there. So yeah, well, once again, too, is the whole you know sex gets you killed thing. You yeah. know, it's like he doesn't go, "Oh, look, it's a a sexy yeah. demon yeah. woman. I'm going to go yeah. over to her." He's Which like, is oh, exactly God. what Stooge does. That's yeah. Stooge. Stooge <laughs> exactly. has the opposite reaction of Sal. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Stooge, you were too beautiful <laughs> for this world. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so it's, yeah, I, I think, um, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of like and hate the Sal character at the same time. Cause he's a, like, uh-huh. I, you know, yeah. I, he's a really, he's a really bad Italian stereotype, like a really, yeah. really, really bad one. Um, yeah. but he's also kind of funny and, and he's got like weird redeeming qualities to him. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, he works as a character, but, um, and also I think if I was going to say there was like a, any like best acting going on, it might be with the Sal character versus <laughs> some of the other ones. Cause at least his, his like his pacing of his delivery is like, yeah. it makes sense. Whereas the other people, they're, they're a weird. I, I would Roger is, is my, is my best actor of the film. He's got really like sincere delivery. No, uh, that's like, true. Like, he, really he, good facial delivery. He wasn't, too, he like. wasn't bad either. And he, and, and he, I think the only difference I think was the, you know he's constantly in a state of fear throughout the movie. So, you know, it, you know, there's may... not as much variety in his performance. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because you have like righteous indignation and fear and anger and all these wonderful things that uh, that Sal goes through. But Sal, I mean, God, the the voice and the lines they gave Sal in this movie are so hard for he's, me to get. Well, it's like they took <laughs> Vinnie Barbarino and tried to make him uh-huh. a character yeah. in a horror movie. Uh-huh. That's basically Vinnie what they Barbarino, did. Yeah. That, it's yeah. like they took a caricature of him and tried to make that into yeah. a character. 
Like, yeah, it's even yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, they're going off vague memories of Vinnie Barbarino. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's secondhand description. Yeah. Like, I, wa- I watched that show as a kid, and that's kind of how I remember Vinnie Barbarino acting. But I'm sure if I watched it again now, it would be more textured than that. <laughs> uh, it's just funny because I heard someone else today make the metaphor. It's like someone who's just basically using that TV show as their this that's just their their watch for the 70s so it's kind of funny that metaphor I saw come up you know no no but here's the thing I saw that comment too somewhere on the uh, probably on the same place that you saw it so that's yeah p- possibly yes. why it came okay up. that's funny okay <laughs> this would come but, full circle if I've been the one that made the comment but I've never heard of this so okay oh you oh you, uh, you've never heard of the comment or you've never heard of Vinnie Bob the, the comment okay I Vinnie Bob okay yeah this is an online <laughs> comment we both read today I guess but uh um <laughs> so but but anyways yeah so uh what about the special effects in this movie we touched on it a little bit but any any thoughts on 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 uh on how those landed i think they land okay i think again you're looking at a movie that wants to be trash and so some yeah. of the special effects that might not pass muster in a more sincere horror movie you kind of you, you give a passing grade to here, like the C plus special effects, like the uh, the demon head. Whenever that thing shows up, it's like some <laughs> kind of weird cow skull thing. Okay, that's a little it's a little chintzy by today's standards, but I, contextually, it's fine. It works, you know. And it's probably actually yeah. that was maybe more creepy than the than the makeup they put on the on the. the oh yeah, the. the, the, the what do you want to call that? The what was that movie where everyone was cat people? Night Stalkers, Nights, something like that. Oh. It's, it's a Stephen King joint. It, they, it reminded me of that. Night Stalkers, where, Night Stalkers. Yeah, yeah, Night Stalkers. But oh, that had man. good makeup, I thought. Night Stalkers. Wait, was that was that that's that's Dean Koontz, not Stephen King. Oh, Sleepwalkers. Um, it's Sleepwalkers. 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 Okay, there we go. Yeah, not yeah I'm pretty sleepwalkers. sure Sleepwalkers is, is it Stephen King? If that's Dean Koontz, yeah, it, no, no, Ste- Sleepwalkers. Like that. Is, that explains so much if it's Dean Koontz. Sleepwalkers <laughs> yeah. is Stephen King. It's the cat people. People with the Enya music at the beginning of it. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. We we've got a, we need to have a terrible movie. Oh, month. It is oh, Stephen no. King. Wow. Sleepwalkers okay. is not a terrible movie. Everybody says it's a terrible movie. I respectfully disagree. We I, are we're gonna watch it, and I'm gonna roast you in front of a live studio. You can, you can roast me all you want. I'm impenetrable. I think I I I've enjoyed <laughs> I I enjoyed that movie the from the first time I saw it, and I, I feel no shame. Uh, you know, that's, that's I've never seen Davidson Sleepwalkers, so I am, it's, I am it, out of uh... people. People regard it as a bad movie. It's certainly. Oh, one, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard yeah. terrible things about Sleepwalkers. That's why I've never seen come, it. I mean, but, uh... come on! It's got wonderful music. It's got. It, it's got a great concept. It's well shot, and the effects are good. It's. It's. It. it oh yeah, doesn't... the music's by by uh, Nicholas Nicholas Pike who did the music to Chud Two, Bud the Chud. No, so I'm not talking about that music. I'm talking oh. about its selective use. <laughs> I mean, clearly Bud the Chud's soundtrack is beyond reproach. <laughs> that's that's not. I'm talking about the the um the the use of uh, of Enya, and there's some other music in there too. Um, oh, here we go. Soundtrack Enya and Santo and Johnny. The Santo and Johnny music is what okay. really really I, I makes will it. Grant, I've not listened to Santo and Johnny outside of that movie, and I saw that movie a while ago. So maybe they wail. We'll 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 see. That's it's well, it's a classic. It's a classic piece of music. It's like it's like a really uh, important instrumental guitar 
They played it in mm-hmm. La Bamba also, that music. Mm-hmm. So it's not oh, like yeah. they're being super original by using it. But the, the the shift of context from, you know, like La Bamba to this makes a big difference. Um, but no, that'll be interesting. I, 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 I look forward to your roasting attempts. Well, uh, it's got, it's got, it's this got going to be a death match. I'm looking at the cast. The cast includes Stephen King, John Landis, Joe Dante, Clive Barker, Toby Hooper, and Mark Hamill. So I don't know how it could be a it's, bad It's movie. not a bad movie. That's, it, <laughs> this is a case. Remember how I told you the other day, everybody but me is wrong about Ravenloft. It's the same thing. Everybody but me is wrong about Sleepwalkers. I, I will a... grant I'm holding Ravenloft <laughs> right now. And so far I got to say, I think everybody but you is wrong about Ravenloft so well, far. I'm only three chapters in, but so far those three chapters are vindicating your well, stupid opinion about yourself. Well, no, and, and to be clear, most people don't disagree with me that Ravenloft is good. Most people just have other opinions about Ravenloft that are wrong. We'll, we'll so. see. We'll see as we continue reading this. As I've been flipping through it, I'm just like, hmm. Let me see. Chapter Chapter Six Curses looks fine, but it's bookended by Chapter Seven Gypsies. Ugh. That's well. You gotta put it. Mosh pit to read. You gotta put it in the context of its time. It came out in 1990, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know we'll get into that territory when we do our our, our Ravenloft podcast. But uh, look, but look forward to it, folks. But yeah, so yeah, I, I know. I thought I thought the special effects were were pretty decent for what they had. They weren't doing anything exceptional. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at Adam's face right now, and he's got this this look of just like shock on his face. What are you looking at, man? Oh, uh, <laughs> stuff unrelated it... to the podcast. So oh, I, I had just I said a an email come in. Okay. <laughs> so I thought you were like looking at screenshots, and you were like, "We can't watch this movie. I'll die." <laughs> no, sleepwalker. <laughs> I, I can't I can't imagine that there's a screenshot of Sleepwalkers that would have that. Maybe a synopsis of it that would have that effect. But, oh, uh, I think there's a few choice screenshots really? that would have that. Effect. It's been but a while. Maybe, maybe 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 you'll convince me because it has been a while since I've seen it. So maybe I'll watch and be like, oh, I don't remember it being that bad. Something about but, our grudge matches, and I learned this when we were debating. What was it Rocky Rocky three Rocky four Rocky four Rocky four Rocky four. Uh, I never know which way they're going to go because I was 100% the opposite direction on Rocky four. And like you were made of steel. I couldn't punch <laughs> through you. And eventually I was like, okay, you know what? No, Rocky four is okay. I'm a, I, give it a I wore you grade. down. <laughs> Dan, you wore me down. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, um, but, but the, the, the other thing that they do too in this movie is they, they do a lot of that, in order to get around not showing the demon fly through the air, they just show you the demon's point of view. So it's just, mm. it's like the evil dead effect of it just kind of, yeah. you know, it's not quite as extensive as it's done in evil dead, but it's that same sort of idea of just the camera is just moving through the house until it gets to the character. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that. I think that's reasonably effective. What I think is most impressive is the, the those little rack pan shots where like, uh, characters reacting to something in the background is like flying forwards behind them. Like there's a couple of those that are really cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes back into that craft that Adam was talking about where it's clear that someone knew how to do that. And they knew that this was an appropriate yeah. time to do that. It would have a yeah. good impact visually in the movie. The visual language of this movie is generally impressive mm-hmm. and it elevates what's otherwise. And yeah. I think that for the most part, the prop base effects are passable again, C grade completely reasonable some of them go higher than that some of them are actually like they, they make me squirm 
And it's more about how they present it and how what they yeah. show you and what they don't show you than it is about whether or not they're passing on their own. In in the greater weft of the movie, they're they're really good. I'd give them like a B or an A grade just because of like how effective they are when you're watching it. The um yeah, I think I think that's fair. It's kinda like um like it's not necessarily the prop, it's how the prop is made use of. It's kinda like an Alfred Hitchcock yeah. type thing. Um, yeah, it's weird to compare this movie to Hitchcock. Yeah, I'm not. And, and to be clear, <laughs> I'm not making that comparison. I'm just saying that that aspect of it is. Well, I when think, you think about the, the the scene on the roof of this movie in Vertigo, there's there's a lot of cinematic DNA. The, no, no, there's no comparison. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this guy made the movie Witchboard before this. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I have. It's got Tawny Tawny Katane. Yeah, anybody who that's a that's a Tawny Katane one, right? Yeah, yeah, Tawny Katane is in it um you know which tells you a lot about the movie already and <laughs> that's, 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 yeah that's why i brought uh, it up yeah and uh but but i remember Witchboard had a huge cult following my, one of my best friends was like so into Witchboard. it was one of his favorite movies um but one of the things about that movie is how there's a lot wrong with Witchboard, right like you can certainly make complaints but there is craft behind it do you know what i mean there's there's definitely some craft behind it and so i remember the, like i haven't yeah. seen it since the 80s so i can't weighed in too carefully but i do remember it being a decent maybe movie. we should yeah. do witchboard at some point that might be an interesting one to to do um Could be. you can yeah. tell we haven't done this in a while because we keep thinking of new things to do yeah so <laughs> now we we uh i kind of want to uh wind it down in a moment but did we talk enough about linnea quigley because i know we wanted to talk about her a little I bit like in this. we should talk more about linnea quigley uh, okay. she's quite a presence in every movie that she's in uh, and that's we're not the only ones who have noticed that. Like she's kind of no everybody. Famous. No, she's very famous for uh, for being in these kind of movies, you know. So, um, and uh, and and we we just did um, Return of the Living Dead last time, and mm -hmm. she plays trash in that, and in this one she plays Suzanne, and you know again they're they're, they're totally different characters, but there are similarities we could say, um, and so like her big I think her big scene in this movie. I would say is either the lipstick scene or the scene in the convenience store where they're like, you know, the two guys are gawking at her as she's like, she's bending over to attract their attention so that her friend can steal stuff from the store. Um, I really liked the way that scene was structured, by the way, it, it goes into the sort of anarchic fun of the craft sack world that they live in, you know, well, because they have a genuine kind of a chemistry. Those two actresses do. Uh, and like, they feel like friends uniquely yeah. among some of the other yeah. characters. Yes. Yeah, I, I did buy that. Well, th th that and also it's one of those kind of scenes where like, you know, it, it's it's a little bit gross, right? Like that's part, it's yeah. sort of, it, you're, you're sort and that's kind of what a movie is like this is trying to do. Like you're, you're it's, I, I feel like when, when, when these kind of movies were coming out in the 80s and we were young, these were meant as like forbidden fruit. So a lot of times, a lot of this stuff felt like it was put in there to serve that function you know the weird thing about it is it's a strangely moralizing scene because like it starts with Linnea Quigley's rear end right in center frame and then it switches to the guys that are leering at her and mm -hmm. we're invited first to leer and then to judge people that are yeah. doing exactly what it told yeah. us to do um, yeah 
It's, so yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. That's something a good about point. that that's judgmental for the audience, where it's like, this is you. This is what you look like. Yeah, right no, now. no, that's a good point. And also, the I think the gum chewing is a really big part of that. I don't know why, but the way <laughs> that guy is chewing, giant open mouth chaw. Just the, the, the way he's chewing. I don't know that performance just always stands out to me. Where I'm just like that. There's something about the decision that guy made there to to chew it in that way. Because uh-huh. he could have chewed it any number of ways, but that's he, he chose a very particular style of gum chewing. Um, he did. Well, I, you watch that guy chew gum, and you want to take a shower afterwards. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that feels greasy. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. That's that's and, and I and I think that's what you're saying too with the judgment. It's like a and, and then also there's there's additional judgment when she leaves and she kind of burns them on her way out, right? So you mm-hmm. know, I, I love that they're so like they've they've descended so deep into their own sleazehood that it doesn't register to them at all that she just burned them or that they just got robbed like they're <laughs> they're still just like smirking like yeah we got a yeah. show we didn't even have to pay for I it i don't think like, i don't think they even cared if they got robbed at that point i think that's i, the, I don't know man I think I think we're, yeah. ass in my face i probably wouldn't care either if i'm being real with you well, granted, is it, is it even their store? Are they just a couple of clerks working there that really. That's don't one of the care things I was wondering about. Like, because I was looking at them, like, neither of these guys look like they'd be the owner to me. Like, that's, you yeah. know. But if one of them was, it's probably the guy that was chewing the gum. That's my guess. You know? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't put it past that dude to be that combination of sleaze and shrewd that some characters <laughs> yeah. like this get, where he's just like mentally calculating how much he would spend at a strip club for this exact same <laughs> versus how much he's losing in inventory. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is still a bargain. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so there's that scene. There's the lipstick scene, which is bizarre. That's just, I've, ne- I've never quite understood oh, that, that scene. Weird. Yeah, she just puts the lipstick, lipstick into her nipple. I, I, I've never understood what that's I supposed to be. I Videodrome, honestly, was my thought watching that. But in Videodrome, I... that makes sense, right? But oh, in this... it makes sense. I'm just saying it's what it reminded me of. Okay. I, 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 real, I realize right. it makes no sense in this movie. There's nothing that comes up with it again. It's yeah, just, what? what? I, well, I was, I was, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty clear to me that her the breasts were fake. I was like, what are those? What, her breasts are made out of out of those are not real breasts. What's going on here? And then she puts. I the, know Lene is Quigley's breasts, sir, and those I, aren't they? Yes, it was. That, uh, of all the breasts that I would be like visually familiar with, there's like the, the, the woman I married, and then Lene Quigley, and it's I think it's in that order, honestly. So, well, I mean. Just, and keep in mind, I do, I do run a life drawing group. Or, you know, no, I'm just a pervert. Life. Like I got no excuse. All mine's really not an excuse, but you know, I'm just saying. I, uh, I, I have in a professional context. I've spent a lot of time studying this subject. But well, uh, I, I, mine was pure <laughs> armchair study, sir. <laughs> I just want to know what the purpose of that was because it's not like she, like she doesn't get like lipstick powers or anything after doing that do you know what yeah, I mean? it's no. like, and it, she doesn't like absorb anyone and like you would think that there'd be a scene where someone puts a hand on her breast and it gets absorbed by the breast yeah. and he pulls like a bloody stump like that seems like what that would lead into and i wonder if maybe the behind the scenes is the exploration is the explanation of that mm. where it's like you had all these you had a small crew of people and one of them was like hey look I want a lot of time with Linnea Quigley topless. We only have one topless scene. Let me do a sculpt of her boobs and we'll put some scene in the movie that justifies it. So like eight hours worth of this guy painstakingly like putting latex over her naked chest. And like that was part of his pay scale. 
Well, it, I mean, I think it is one of those things where, like, there that's kind of something that she's known for doing in movies like this. So like they, they would have had to have had a scene like that, but I'm all, I am wondering if there was like a subplot that just got cut from the movie. Might have been. That, do you know what I mean? Because it just does, it just, it's just this random thing that makes zero sense. A deleted um, scene where the lipstick comes back later in some context. Yeah. Like even if she just like took it out of her mouth later, just something that Ooh, like, that where was that funny. going to her? You know what I mean? There was just, yeah. No... Like I say with video drone, the gun does come back. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and I think the thing is, the thing Check about that lipstick. is there is a, there's a, it's, it's almost more unnerving in this case because in Videodrome, there's a sense of it goes in and it comes out. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's like a, I don't know. There's I, a, say, there's, I don't, I do find Videodrome more unnerving. I know. I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying overall. <laughs> I'm not saying overall. I'm saying just this one fact that it goes in and then never we speak of it again. Jamie, yeah. that, that it's like I, I'd actually forgotten that scene because yeah. it has no connection. It slipped my mind it, completely. It's just it's like it's up. like um, I don't know. It, it's it, it, it's like uh, when 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 it's just like this thing where you're just like you're waiting for like okay, here's another example: the car that breaks down at the hill. They like on their way there, their car breaks. Yeah, down. that never comes up again. Yeah, well, not only does it never come up again, but the whole movie, I'm just thinking, what are they going to do about the car that's broken down in the hill? Like it's it's in the back of my mind, like it's my own car, and I feel I find the lipstick has the same kind of nerve wracking effect yeah, on me. You, you yeah, know? the the car breaking down is kind of unnecessary because they're all everyone else's cars inside the wall and they yeah. can't use their car. There was no plot purpose in it's in it's just this. Car unfinished Park, business yeah. that they have to tend to after the movie. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. sort of the, the thing. Um, yeah. And so, for a movie that wraps up its loose ends as well as this one does, because even the, the, the old man from the intro gets a send off. <laughs> so like it does, it, there's a lot of that in this movie where it'll do a setup and a knockdown. And like, yeah, that's, that's one of those things where I guess they thought the image of like, someone's like nipple hole being able to devour an entire tube of nits the lipstick was really unsettling like that is kind of a surreal nightmare it was unsettling image, you know? i mean i i, yeah. I will grant i guess they thought unsettling. that was enough I, maybe that was the whole thing like maybe that was the because that was kind of the end of the lipstick scenes you yeah know? well like, maybe that was the culmination of that yeah unless there was like a detail that we missed or something but like i i don't know i, I, don't I just think thought... so i because I, the scene actually reminded me, and I don't know if you, I know that Adam's a huge Lynch fan. It reminded me of that scene of Wild at Heart where Laura yes. Dern's mom covers her face <laughs> with lipstick when she's having an emotional breakdown. Yeah. Uh, it, that, that scene has stuck with me always. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and Lene quickly Dave does do that. She's got lipstick all around her mouth and everywhere. And it's like, not even clown makeup. It's so bad, right? It's just like the yeah. the well, worst in, in possible. The Wild at Heart, like it's her whole thing face is painted and it's like shining red and it's really because it cuts yeah it cuts she's, in, she's enraged girl. in the scene on the phone too so it's having okay. this like bright red face combined with that yeah it's it's really shocking you see why this film won a palm door uh but it reminded me of that and i think that when you, you think about the kind of way the movie works there's a sort of thing where it's like there's a trashiness to the real world, but there's also this point where they slip out of the real world into this nightmare world that's like a billion times worse. And I think when that when she is breaking down and like rubbing this lipstick all over her face, that's still something that's kind of real. Like a person could do that. But the second her body devours it, like without a trace, 
that's when we push over to Salvador Dali land. Where that's okay. when we're in Wackyville. And I think that ultimately is the payoff at the end of the lipstick thing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's very, I mean, I mean, obviously it's one of the more bizarre scenes in the movie, so. But, I've already uh, given like, three explanations that are completely contradictory about why it's there, and I'm kind of happy with that. So, well, <laughs> choose, choose your own will and a quickly topless scene explanation. I, I, I have no explanation. I just want to know what, I, I want to know if there was a deleted scene. That's sort of my, my, my thoughts. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so, I don't know, what are you guys' final thoughts on this movie before we, before we wind hmm. it down? Hmm. Oh, it's hard to encapsulate a final thoughts. I enjoyed watching this movie a lot. Um, and I don't know if I can point to one thing and say, this is the element that you should watch this for. I kind of just feel like you should watch this movie because it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there wasn't a moment when I was bored. It didn't drag. The characters are not deep, really, but they're memorable. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of unique stuff it does and the stuff that isn't unique is so well done that you just kind of you get that kind of feeling of familiarity and this sort of satisfaction that comes from that so yeah i I like this movie i don't know that i love it but i it's definitely something i'm gonna watch again and i'm probably gonna watch it with people next time and Mm -hmm. yeah it'll probably be over some beers yeah yeah i i my feelings are pretty much the same it's just it's I mean, it's 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 very cliche, but it's it's every cliche is done really well. It's yeah. just it's it, it's it, it, it being a late 80s movie. I feel like it's just a movie that's just kind of encapsulating a lot of trends for that time and doing a good job of it. So it's uh, there's nothing super remarkable about it, but it's it's solid. It's just a very solid horror movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I think it's I, I would echo what you guys say. And I think that. um it's also a movie that's like just before the eighties gets stale. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like the that's, it's like, Oh yeah. I, I mean, cause I like eighties horror movies and it was a joy watching this. Cause I'm like, Oh, here's a pure eighties horror movie. I have never experienced before. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. It was cause it's, it, it is kind of a hard energy to recapture. I can't think of many movies that have successfully done it. Well, and they do start to lose like the eighties horror movies start to lose that, that feel like 88 89 and 90 i still consider 1990 the 80s you know to me oh it is yeah yeah so like you know but we start getting into a gray nightbreed is an 80s horror movie yeah yeah i would agree (laughs) i would agree with that um and and nightbreed's a good movie but there are a lot of movies that kind of came out that era that are that are going for this kind of feel and falls flat do you know what i mean Mm. Um, yeah and so yeah but it's definitely worth checking out It's, it's it's on prime so you're able to watch it for free right now if you have prime in the u.s um and uh, and again, this is the 1988 uh, uh, Night of the yeah. Night of the Demons. There's a new, there's a remake. Um, I think there's also a movie called Night of the Demon. Um, that Night of the not- Demon is a uh, nothing to do with. Yeah, it. that's yeah. based on that's based on a on a. I think it's an MR. It's a James story, I think. But yeah, it's serious. Yeah, it, serious it, literary horror. Not, and, nothing, uh, nothing to stuff. do with this. Nothing to do with this. Um, and yeah, so uh, you know, we'll be back on. And until next time, we will talk to you later.